Good morning, everyone. Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are, and welcome to this week's weekly energy boost. My name is Ellie Sheva, and I'm here today with David. And we are excited, I think, to to join you this morning and share with you this topic that we've picked called Finding Your Purpose. I have to say I'm a little, um, I don't know if it's impressed or distracted or... <laughs> trying to make the best of it. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, you know, we choose these these topics months and months in advance because they're related to what the wisdom of Kabbalah shares about timing. The calendar, the Kabbalistic calendar is not used for the measurement of time. It is used for the measurement of of spiritual energy and of, of spiritual opportunity. And we're now in the month of Libra which means that at least for the for humanity we are our our books are being balanced the the sign of libra the constellation is that of a uh, scales and in this time period we are all compelled to weigh things to um to measure our accomplishments to check our goals to see how how well we've done, how far we've come, and to um, recalibrate if necessary, to to shift the sails and make sure that we're headed where we're heading. Now, we we titled this episode "Finding Your Purpose," and I don't know if the word is irony or um, a coincidence. Obviously, it's not. But David and I lost a colleague um, this morning, which. Obviously, loss awakens questions and and rattles rattles us. No matter, I think, even if you hear about it on the news, right? Uh, m- many of us this past week also were um, commemorating the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven and how that impact impacted our lives. And purpose is a big question for people. I think uh, the truth is, death brings up. Uh, a lot of questions around purpose. Why are we here? Are we fulfilling our soul's contract with the creator? What does it all mean when life can can end in in an instant? And so today we really want to help our listeners, and by default we're helping ourselves also process this idea of finding purpose, understanding our purpose. And I think if you've ever heard the show before, you know that we always emphasize our purpose is not outside of us. Our purpose is singular. Every single person on the planet has the same purpose, and that is the transformation of themselves, the elevation of their their consciousness, the growth of their perspective. We are meant to come into the world one person and leave it another. And a lot of people confuse purpose with meaning. People are in search of the meaning of their life, and they call it purpose. Our purpose is within us, and how we um, accomplish that purpose is outside of us, is our, our job, our family, our neighborhood, our community. That's, that's the stage on which we fulfill our purpose, but no product, no book, no family, no legacy is ever anybody's purpose. That's simply the means by which we accomplish that growth and transformation. So we want to help our listeners not only connect to that truth this week, And of course, if we're doing it this week, that means we can do it any week. But really, the universe is asking us to rethink all of the things that we think bring us joy, bring us fulfillment, all of the things that we value in our life and reset it because in that resetting, we can get closer to not only fulfilling our purpose, but deepening the meaning and and importance that we find in the everyday interactions that we have with people, and then the big stuff. So I, I'm sorry that I made the introduction to today's show such a grave one. It's it's hard to ignore it, but I think it also has a purpose and meaning, and we can use it to facilitate the conversation to an even higher place. I think that's powerful. And for people who, who want to know, our colleague's name is Eliao, Eliao Buana. And just to share something about him, because I think it's, it's powerful uh, in, in terms of what purpose is all about. He, he was, uh, he's from Paris, 
from France. But what he did so well, because I, I didn't know him that well, um, and I would see him at, at the major events. And he would always bring these people from Africa, from different parts of Africa to these events, these international spiritual events we had, like the one we had with, with Rosh Hashanah with like 3,000 people. And he would have a whole section of people from Africa. He would have Bedouins, people who are have their own religions and their own spiritual paths, but he inspired them about the laws of the universe according to the wisdom of Kabbalah. And uh, I, what I... What I found to be so profound about that is his ability to go into any part of the world and elevate consciousness and elevate souls that way. Well, you know, we're sitting here on a podcast. It's easy to, to talk to people who want to listen to us. He, he went to the places where it's not that easy. And he, he created mini Kabbalah centers all around the world like that. The so. Ivory Coast. and Yeah, the Cameroon. Ivory Coast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's so many photos of like Bedouins and, and people in Africa having like, like all the tools of Kabbalah and getting together by by the hundreds. So super impressive, and we wanna we wanna share something that positive to help in the elevation of his soul today. So about purpose, it's one of the things that people talk and ask a lot in in, in our sessions, mm-hmm. more of our one-on-one sessions, mm-hmm. because people's People tie their joy and their fulfillment to their purpose. Because the biggest fear people have is that they're not relevant. Relevancy, it's all about relevancy. If you think even about AI, artificial intelligence, and how it works, it works on the premise and foundation of relevancy. If something is relevant, it's going to be shown to you. Uh, If you go to TikTok and you look at uh, a video about, I don't know, kale, all of a sudden, you, you, you spend a little time of a, of a woman eating kale, you'll be shown hundreds of videos about kale all of a sudden because TikTok is acknowledging something here is relevant. So we all are very invested in being relevant, relevant to our families, relevant to our friends, our community. And, and when we're not relevant or when something happens where we feel rejection or failure, something's taken away. We're not acknowledged properly and we don't feel relevant. We feel very empty inside. And so this is why people always want to know what's their purpose because purpose means that in the eyes of the creator, I'm relevant. And that is why people want to find their purpose because whose approval do I want most if not the creator? Even if you believe in the creator, you don't believe in the creator, deep, deep, deep down inside, everybody wants to (coughs) have the approval. Of, a, of, of the universal force. So what does it mean to find your purpose? And something that I uh, was thinking about, we had lunch with uh, some of our colleagues this weekend, and um, we were talking about how everybody is so fixated on receiving energy, taking in, taking in energy. But what happens is that the, the fixation is on the energy and not on what receives the energy. Because... What does that mean? <coughs> I'm going to explain that. So so follow me here, because it's going to be a little deep, but follow me here, because I was thinking about it for these 10 days. There's 10 days now that Elisha was talking about where our soul is being recreated. So it says technically that we're, we're asleep. The soul has left the body. And there's 10 days building 10 dimensions of our soul. And it started from this window in time called Rosh Hashanah until, until Yom Kippur. This is what the this is what the the Bible uh, calls it, uh, but this is for every soul in this world. So every soul in this world, regardless of your religious beliefs, there's a create recreation happening of ten levels of it. So your vessel is being created now, based on what's being created during these ten days, is what you can receive. And there's a spiritual law that when the vessel receives the light. So when my desire receives what it wants, so if I want uh, a car and then I buy the car, so I've essentially my vessel has received the light. My desire for the car is now fulfilled. If a person wants a relationship and then finds a relationship, uh, now their vessel has received the light of that. And there's this rule that as soon as you receive what you want, you the, the fulfillment disti- uh, extinguishes the desire. So as soon as I get what I want, I no longer want 
then that's a problem. Why is that a problem? Because if you think about sadness, anger, frustration, and depression, something that I read from Rav Ashlag, the founder of the Kabbalah Center, he says that if you feel annoyed and upset, it probably means you received too much. We think we're upset and annoyed when we don't get what we want. But the Kabbalists say, actually, it's the opposite. If you actually look at people who are the most upset, they're usually the people who have received more than they've created. The people who are working, pushing, breaking fears, breaking barriers, they're usually not the ones that are upset. You don't mean working nine to five. You mean making an effort. I mean, I mean making, I mean doing the spirit, like the spiritual work, right? I'm not, I'm not talking about working nine to five. That's correct. Okay. The, the, when you receive more than you give, you get angry. And when you you give, and by truly giving, I'm not saying giving in selfish, manipulative ways. I'm talking about being a producer more than you're a consumer. You cr- you create a vessel. Adding more value than taking. Adding more value than taking, however we want to put it. There is a vessel now. So the, the secret of life, our, the purpose is how do I build how do I main, build and maintain a constant vessel for blessings? Think about, for example, drugs. If a person does a drug, let's say, let's say a person does ecstasy, and they feel a, a, a tremendous high, an amazing euphoric feeling, we know that right afterwards they feel a, the, the lowest low they've ever felt, and a sadness and a depression. Why is that? We don't really question it. We just say, well, that's how the brain works. But because the person received so much energy, that energy extinguishes the vessel, removes the vessel completely, and that's why there's sadness. Technically, you should be happy that you just had this great night of ecstasy. Now you should have the next day, you should be like, wow, that was a great night. Look look back. Relationships, same thing. Person gets married. Why, did it, why doesn't it grow? Because the the joy and the pleasure. It's because as soon as you get what you want, if you don't do anything spiritual about it, if you don't apply some of the spiritual laws that we're talking about, you now have less desire, in fact, no desire, because the light extinguishes the vessel. The light removes the desire to receive. And so my point in all this is our purpose isn't about this thing or that thing is it teaching? Is it being a parent? Is it being a whatever? Our purpose is everything. And it's about maintaining the, the consciousness of the vessel. I know it sounds very deep, but I, I, I wanted to start on this, on this level because I feel like we can then work our way down to something more practical. Um, so, yeah. Well, David and I, um, David often brings up this idea called cognitive dissonance yes where we think one way and we behave another and to me or in the work that we do and David and I both work much more with people one-on-one than we do in front of a large audience half of the work that we do with people is helping them to identify which of the where the dissonance is right and I can give you a really um, simple example you know, many times we have people out there looking for for work and they're interviewing and they believe that uh, hard work is important, that they, you know, being, adding value, they, they think that that's what's important to them. But at the same time, they find themselves not wanting to answer the phone, hoping that they don't get the job, mm. right? So on one hand, they believe there's a belief that this is important to me. Or let's say uh, people think, you know, yeah, I want to I want to get married and have a family. Yep. But they ghost the people that they date. Mm. Right. So on one hand, they have this desire. On the other hand, they have a behavior that actually prevents the fulfillment. They're not they're not cognizant that that's happening. Right. They, They think that their beliefs are more important than their actions. And they don't realize that their actions are reflecting a hidden belief that they're not conscious of. Exactly, exactly. And that's really where it's important this week to take the time to check, to, to, keep, to put ourselves in check this week, I think more than any, because that lack of congruence 
is actually where a lot of our misery comes from. The disappointment, the, the beating ourselves up, that comes from the place of, I think I want something and I think I'm working toward it, but yet I have some underlying belief, maybe it's a scar from a previous experience that's actually preventing me from having the fulfillment that I'm seeking. And what's powerful when we say belief, we're really, we are really saying it's a form of desire because that's the only thing that belongs to us. So it is tied to what I was saying before. If I believe that, if I say to you, Elisheva, I want to have a meaningful friendship. I want to have more friends. But I have a belief, i.e. a desire that's very hidden, that friends tend to uh, uh, betray you because maybe I was betrayed in the past. So I'm telling Elisheva I want more friends and maybe I'm and telling, telling everybody. And you're telling yourself. No, I'm telling myself. I want more friends. I'm, I'm posting it. I want more friends. I want, I want to hang out with people more. I want to be more social. That's my commitment for this year, right? That's what I'm telling everybody. Ah, oh, I want to be more friendly. But, and by the way, I will, maybe we'll, we'll spend more time with more people and there will be something. But as soon as somebody gets a little close, somebody, the intimacy starts to happen where we become close to each other. I will look for ways to sabotage this friendship because deep down inside, I believe friends betray. And so what I really want, that I'm not telling anybody, including myself, is that this friend is, this friendship needs to end because it's getting too close. Too close for comfort. And here's something else. What if I have another correction in my soul, another tikkun, which is, I hate disappointing people and causing pain. This is kind of the worst type of tikkun. Mix, mix like the perfect storm of corrections of the soul, right. which is one is I have a fear of betrayal. So as soon as something gets too close, I sabotage it, but nobody knows, including myself. And then I have another correction, which is I hate being confrontational and rocking the boat and causing people pain. Why are these? Why is it that if I have both these corrections, it's one of the worst? Because this person is always in a state of limbo. This person never really has meaningful relationships and never ends bad relationships either because they don't want to confront the situation. So this person is in a constant state. It's like a hamster hamster wheel, right? That's how we say it. Mm-hmm. It's constantly in a state of being drained. And, and that's what our negativity does to us. It, it forces us not to be authentic to our soul and act in ways that are always compromising and running away. It's almost like I'm running a marathon and I'm, I see the finish line and then I just stop and you know I go for a cup of coffee or something and I just say, you know what, I'm done here. Because, because the finish line, you getting to the finish line and you, 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 making, you reaching your goal is the way to eliminate the negative side. And that the negative side just wants people to give up, whether you give up at the beginning, in the middle, or towards the end, the negative side doesn't care, as long as you're giving up. Well, I think that part of us doesn't like, there's a, there's one of the, in that belief, yeah. you don't like, you don't like the part of you that doesn't want to be friends, or that shies away from the friendship. If, if you can actually be cognizant of it, which is, what self-awareness is, but uh, remember, 99% of people aren't even cognizant of what we just said. Now, there's people who are listening to our show who are having these aha moments and say, oh, that's me, that's me, I get it, oh my gosh, yes, 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 but know that by tomorrow, the, the negative side will bury this deep down inside because it's uncomfortable to deal with, it's uncomfortable to look at. Right. And if you want to know if this is happening, it's happening to all of us, it's happening to Elisheva and I, we're just probably not even aware if you want to know what's happening to you, you have to look at the area of your life that you feel is n- there, there isn't fulfillment. Because that's, wh- why isn't there fulfillment? Technically, a person should be fulfilled in a moment. Like in one moment, every goal you have could technically be achieved because there's no lack in the creator. The creator doesn't have an inability to give. And in fact, whatever it is that we desire is given it already. So if the creator's already done his part, all that's left is for us to do our part. And if I'm lacking something, it means that I have one desire that's saying, hey, I want this, 
but a hidden desire that's saying, oh, no, 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 please don't give me that. Please don't give me success over a certain amount. Please don't give me people who truly appreciate me. Please don't give me a stable relationship. Give me an unavailable one. I, I like all right, I like guys who don't have their act together, who might have a slight a drug problem, but are sweet. <laughs> this is what I've seen common. It's kind of sweet. Maybe I can fix them. Well, because deep down in, inside, I, I, I get joy from fixing people. So actually, I do want somebody who's a little broken, maybe a lot of broken, so that I can fix them. Oh, and maybe it has to do with the fact that my dad was broken. So vicariously, if I fix this 26-year-old boy without a job, I will be also healing the relationship with my dad. Now, all of this is happening on a very subconscious level that people aren't even cognizant of. You just see this guy, and you're like, wow, he's cute, and I'm going to talk to him. Oh, and he's also, with, he's also dating somebody else, even better. Well, now that we've clearly established the problem, <laughs> let's, let's give our listeners some tools or at least perspectives to grab the tools so that we can use the, the opportunity this week is presenting us to reassess, to figure out not only, I, I, I think we, we, it's easy to laugh about the broken belief systems, mm -hmm. but Underneath those broken belief systems are genuinely positive, empowered, and um, I think magnanimous beliefs that are just cloaked in the history, the past, the fears, the worries. Un Kabbalah teaches that underneath all of that, we are genuinely good, pure, and positive. The problem is, and I think, you know, Part of the distractions of the physical reality, especially in modern times, is, and we spoke about that a couple of weeks ago, that, that having that time, that break away from, you know, the craziness of the world is really valuable because it gives you that time to reflect. We're getting questions here like, what can we do to actively maintain the energy of desire? Um, I think a lot of people are, are, you know, listening and saying, yeah, uh-huh, 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 but now what do we do? So I think that one of the things... I want to, I'm going to bring up the... Give a tool. Give us a well, tool. Well, the Kabbalists actually give us the tool of imagining if we knew we had a limited time to live, what would we do with that time? Okay, so that's the tool you're giving us now, right? I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to... I think we can pose questions that can help people get on track. Okay. Um, one of the things that the Kabbalists promote heavily is asking questions and questioning everything. Um, imagining that if... You only had a certain, let's say, a year to, to, to live in this life. What would you do? What would you do differently? What, what would you stop doing? Or, or maybe there's a better way, better way to ask the question, more, more positive and uplifting. If you could make money doing anything in the world, what would you do? What, is it, what, what am I really saying? Some people yeah, say, what's well, the point of this exercise? I would garden. Right. Okay. But I can't do it all day long because it doesn't put money in the bank. I got a job. I got bills to pay. I got to do it. I'm with you. So one of the things that I think we don't afford ourselves enough of, and I guess I can think of people who definitely do afford themselves enough of this, but doing things that bring you joy or make you happy is not a waste of time. Okay. Right. Where we live in a very like productivity minded world i agree being at home for those of us who now work at home it's a little bit blurry right because why sit and read a book for fun when you could be at your computer answering emails and planning meetings and things like that so part of it is bringing more okay let's put it to, I, I have a list of five things well, wait you, you just lost your hair questions so, questions i'm gonna ask five okay, questions. okay 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 right. so the first question is what could you be doing more what brings you joy that you could be doing more of? Okay, and you're saying these questions will help you find more meaning. Find more meaning. Okay. Meaning, in other words, yes. People feel. Correct me if I'm wrong. People, people feel like they're just on this hamster wheel, right? We had a lot of people commenting. I every day looks the same. I work. 
I eat, I shower, I sleep. I work, I eat, I shower, I sleep. Okay, or so I look for work. So <laughs> you're giving five practical bits of advice so people can genera- generate a little bit more meaning in their right. lives. Okay. So uh, by the way, you already took one of them. The adding value bit is a big Okay, piece. so add, it's a being a, a, a producer more than you are a consumer. Adding value more than you take. I don't it. like the word producer simply because you don't have to make something in order to be valuable, right? I said to my kids yesterday, and we were actually... To produce energy. Right. You, well, to reveal energy, not fine, produce. Fine. No, no calories spent. Because, well, I, what I said to them is that, I said to my kids yesterday, let's see if we can find ways to reveal light that nobody will know about. That's nice. Right? So my oldest, my, my 10-year-old was like, what does that even mean? And I said, well... <laughs> he asked me if he could throw a piece of trash on the floor earlier in the day. So I said, and obviously I told him no, but <laughs> he said, "Why?" I said, pick up a piece of trash, right? Nobody's going to thank you or clap for you or recognize you or give you a gold star because of that. But at the same time, the world is a better place because of that thing you did. All right, that's nice. Now, Part of, I think, what happens to people is, to your point about receiving, people are so focused on how can I get what I want that they forget that part of what brings genuine meaning to our lives is making a difference. And you don't need to own a billion-dollar company to make a difference. You don't need to have millions of followers on social media to make a difference. It is as simple as a text message. As uh, So you're saying picking up the trash and nobody's looking is making a difference? Absolutely. Prove it. Prove it. Prove it spiritually here. Uh, prove it spiritually? Well, I mean, that's why people are listening to us because they want to understand what's happening behind what's happening. Okay. So you gave a nice thing. That's something I'm going to read like on the back of a napkin at a party favor game. Pick up, you know, pick up a piece of trash and you have more meaning in your life. Give me the why. Give me why that, because I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going out there to do that right now. Well, we made the point before about spiritual effort, right? Okay. That, that the way that we uncover the greatness of our soul as an individual is by finding what's difficult for us, Uh finding what stretches us, what takes us out of our comfort zone, and living more in that space without sounding too cliche. So what's that got to do with picking up the trash? Because I could give the show here with you, but maybe sitting on a more uncomfortable chair. Mm, That's not exactly what we're talking about. Okay. Okay. So every one of us is born with a certain um, pre- predetermined um, personality, right? We choose certain qualities, certain personality traits, certain gifts, certain shortcomings. And the, the script of our life, the movie of our life is basically us either fighting those qualities, right? Hiding the good ones and, and leading with the less than good ones or evolving and transforming those negative ones and radiating the positive ones, right? That's the, the movies that we love to see in the theaters or on demand are the ones where there is triumph, there is overcoming, somebody masters a, a weakness or a, overcomes the odds to become a, a hero. And the hero is not always about, many times not about saving other people's lives. It's literally saving their own lives. I always think when we talk about that example, I always think about the pursuit of happiness with Will Smith, right? Very relatable, you know, um, common problems and different things were said against him. And somehow with perseverance, he managed to best himself, right? He was the only, um, if you haven't seen it, go see it, of course. But he was the he managed to overcome the odds and really achieve greatness for him. Not right. He didn't get a trophy from any for anybody from anybody. It was really about him achieving his own self mastery. So my point is, for my son, being bothered to take care of the mess around him is so difficult for him. Right. It's specifically there are people, by the way, there are people in the world who would rather pick up trash than have a conversation with another human being. Okay, so what I'm getting here, okay, now I understand where where you're going with it. You're basically saying it's not about the result of what you do. Like, for example, like we're we're given this show right now, okay? And we've frequently focused on 
whether we had one person listening or one billion people listening, it shouldn't make that much of a difference. But that's the great part about it is that we don't know how many people are going to hear this. We're just talking to each other, sharing that, what we think is valuable. Th that's right. And, and going home. And there's a lot of challenges that come along the way between us wanting to be here and us being here. And it's though that process of us kind of going out of our comfort zone by the time we get here on these microphones that builds the vessel, that builds the vessel that eventually allows the light of the creator to rest in it. So it sounds like what we're saying here is the effort that we do personally, regardless of the result, that's building the vessel. That's what you're saying. Right. So and, and that's what requires why why self-awareness is so essential is that if you are not paying attention, if you're not careful, you will absorb the values and the behaviors and the um, the attitudes of the people around you. And that lack of authenticity is also going to make you feel like you're not fulfilling your life's purpose. All right. So I want to add to that because that's really powerful now what you said. And here's this, another spiritual twist to it, which is people make effort all the time. People make tons of effort, and what happens is the the they don't the goal isn't reached many times, right? The, the the result isn't always there, and if you can be, if you can get excited about the fact that you made the effort, then that effort stays as a vessel that moves on to the next thing to become fulfilled. So I remember once Michael Berg said, "We could make an effort to make money in one area." And it totally fails and we get totally rejected. But then in the next endeavor, we do barely any work and there's huge success. Well, what just happened? It's because I carried over the vessel from the prior endeavor. It carried over into the new endeavor. So in the new endeavor, I didn't have to do any work. It just happened magically. It just happened so beautifully. But it's because I carried over the old vessel. Now, the, the way you carry over the old vessel is you get excited about the fact that you made the effort regardless of the fact that the result didn't occur. If you get sad, if you get upset, if you get frustrated that you made all this effort and it didn't come out, you've also now destroyed the vessel and you can't carry it over into the next endeavor. So many times you'll invest in a relationship and the other person will leave you or betray you or hurt you and you're like, well, I just put three years into this thing. So if you don't get upset about it, if you take responsibility and you have joy about the fact that this just ended, which is what we call restriction, you then carry that three years of work into a new, the new relationship. Energy is never lost. Well, I don't, I don't even want to call it energy. We call it the vessel's never lost. Okay. Right, Because the energy that we spent in that relationship created a vessel. No, but a lot of people say, well, that was a waste of time. So exactly. So to your point, every time you say that was a waste of time, you've now destroyed your vessel. You actually have to say, okay, that time I spent is, is still, it's, that's why we say what a pleasure because I'm now just carrying this vessel into the next thing, into the next thing, into the next thing. And that's, that's how you maintain the vessel. It's the consciousness of not being upset about the work that you did that you think was wasted. Okay. And so, yes, at that point, if I pick up the trash or I do anything that's out of my comfort zone, None of it is wasted. All of it is there to create a vessel as long as you're conscious of the vessel still being there. If you think it was a waste of time, you are now given permission for the negative side to destroy all that you built. Okay. Can I throw in another one yeah, now? Yeah. So one of the one of the measures or let's put it this way. I don't want to take for granted that those of you who are listening have been listening always and forever and have caught every episode. So I'm going to repeat something that we say from time to time that we are the creators of our reality. We are, each one of us is a cause, is a creator, is the, um, is the, pro is the director of their own movie. What does that mean? that I am in charge of everything. And when you realize you're in charge, that doesn't mean that you control the um, interest rates at the bank that you, that you um, patronize. That doesn't mean that you know, you're in, in control of your neighbor's noise level. It doesn't mean that you get to move traffic this way and that. But what it means is that 
you are in control of A, how you respond to everything in your life, and B, the meaning or context you give what's happening. And a lot of people, um, I would say, give up the second one pretty easily. Um, almost nobody does the first, right? Mm -hmm. Most people think that I'm a victim and I'm at the mercy of everybody and everything. Um, we ha we're in a good mood when good things happen. We're in a bad mood when bad things happen. And in, in the middle, in, in the in-between, in the gray, we're sort of bored and unmotivated and we're waiting for the next thing to look forward to. The next vacation, the next buy one, get one free sale, the next party, et cetera, and so forth. So one of the things that the Kabbalists teach, A, it actually answers the question, one of the questions we brought up before, um, what can we do to actively maintain the energy of desire? Or what is a way that we can feel more connected to our purpose, to our, our reason for being on the planet, is to know those limitations and to recognize that in any given moment, I have the ability to decide if I'm going to struggle right now, meaning if I'm going to suffer with what's going on, or if I can rise above it, if I can let go of the drama, of the chaos, of the, I don't know, I'm, I'm reminded of, of so many stories as it's come, the words are coming out of my mouth about how people went through something difficult and in the moment it was miserable, it was horrible, it was gut-wrenching, but on the other end of it, now they look at it and they say, I wouldn't change it for the world, right? And, and we all have examples of that in our lives, but the idea is that the how connected to our purpose we feel actually is very much connected to how well we manage challenges. Do I allow having a challenge to quote unquote ruin my day, ruin my week, ruin my month? Everything is challenging. I, I think that one of the, if you would look at, at, at people who identify themselves as happy people, I would bet and this might even be something worth investigating, that their tolerance for challenges is very high. And I don't want to say that they're optimistic, but they just have a greater resilience, a greater ability to um, rise above. I don't know if the word is sacrifice, but it's like to let go of the the negative backtalk, the, the penchants for you know, oh my God, what am I going to do? This is the end of the world, calling people and complaining and talking about it. If we can let that go, and to me, that's about self-mastery, right? My, my lower, lesser self wants to be there, but my higher self knows that whatever I'm going through is perfect for me. How can I be more connected? I don't know if the word is tolerance, but how can I, how can I feel more my inner strength, that's really what it is. It's not tolerance, it's inner strength. If I can handle the difficult stuff, not, I don't want to say pretend it's not happening, but despite whatever difficulty is going on, can I still be kind? Can I still be compassionate? Can I still be caring? Or do I let the challenge define me um, and undermine everything else that I, I want in my life? I think that's a big, big thing that helps people feel connected to their purpose or their, um, you know, to live a meaningful life is that I can weather the storms. And I know that in the storms, that's when I, I really do become my, that's when I become the Will Smith in the pursuit of happiness because of that. Obviously he had his son that he wanted to, um, you know, be there for and, and make a life for, but it was, it's really in the struggle that he became the great, you know, hero father that he was. The, the 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 discussion around finding newer ver versions of our purpose, building our vessel, happens in the way you just said, which is the light of the creator takes a step back, or it seems like it, the light of the creator takes a step back, and a person experiences confusion and darkness. And, and exactly in that moment is where our free will kicks in, which is, 
How am I going to tolerate this ambiguity? How am I going to tolerate this pain? The uncertainty. And that's really all it comes down to. What separates people who have happiness or vision, purpose, any kind of fulfillment from, the, from someone who doesn't is how they act in the time of confusion, darkness, and when their buttons are being pressed. Because that's the reason why we came to this world. To act and have similarity of form with the creator. But you can't have similarity of form with the creator when the light is shining, when things are positive, when everything feels great. And that's why no matter who you are, the, every single person has a cadence of things going great and then the energy being lost and feeling like you're actually alone, feeling that nothing's working, feeling that you're spinning your wheels, feeling re rejection, feeling pain. And what you do in that time is going gonna, is gonna to build your vessel or it's going to destroy your vessel. And we say in those times what we, we call it restriction. Restriction, we talked about it over the weekend with the, with, the, with the other teachers. Restriction is not an act. Restriction is a consciousness. It's a consciousness of saying, I want everything, but I'm willing to not receive it right now. And knowing that that's okay. It, it, we, we employ that consciousness every time we go to the gym, which is, I want to look good, but I'm okay with the fact that for the next hour, I'm going to be uncomfortable, I'm going to be tired, I'm actually going to be weak. I want to be strong, but I'm, I ha I'm okay with being weak right now, knowing that eventually I'll be strong. So this is the consciousness we need to employ. And the more confusing it is, the more you do not see what's going to happen, the greater the vessel that is being built. To the extent that you do see a light at the end of the tunnel, the vessel will be smaller. You will have less fulfillment waiting. So... So, and, and people can't, and it's hard to tolerate that. So exactly what you said, it's hard to tolerate that pain. And so what we do is we numb ourselves, we escape. We all have our little escapes. We all have our comforts. And these comfort, this is all of a sudden when the X looks good. The X didn't look good, but now the X looks good. Or now this looks good and that looks good. All the things that we vowed to stay away from. People come to Kabbalah and their life changes and they feel like they're high as a kite. They're like, geez, how can I not have had this wisdom my whole life? Blah, blah, blah. Four years later, ah, you know, kind of miss, kind of miss the drama, the up and the down and all that. It's like, what, what just happened here? Because they're probably going through a tough time and the tools of Kabbalah aren't working on purpose so that you can really dig deep down inside and reach out restriction, the consciousness of restriction. I want everything, and I'm okay with not having it now. Now let me go give. Now let me go act like the light, even though all the organs in my body are disagreeing with me right now. Uh, to your point, David, I think one of the things that prevents us from staying in that zone, from having that, um, the ability to stay in that place of discomfort, of vulnerability, of perceived weakness is actually our emotions, right? We, when we follow our feelings in the moment, we tend to make choices that we wouldn't make if the emotions weren't so high, if we had more logic or more time to think, right? It's our emotions that make us text the X. It's our, our emotions and our, our emotions are important. And we've had episodes where we talked about understanding them, the value of them and how to use them to navigate not only the spiritual terrain, but even the physical world. However, that um, ability to discern when my emotions are actually causing me to be self-centered, causing me to desire instant gratification instead of being able to hold out for the long-term fulfillment. David and I were just, um, we just had a gathering last week in, in New York City of students and teachers for what we talked about last week, that, that cosmic window called Rosh Hashanah. And one of the, one of the concepts that Michael Berg shared with us, and I, I love it because it's visual, so I'm going to share it with everybody. Even if you're listening on the podcast, you're going to be able to imagine this. Um, 
every, uh, I'm sure everybody knows the Russian nesting dolls, mm. right? Those, the um, is it's it? called Matryoshka, but okay. Oh, sorry. The Eastern European in me wants sorry. to correct you. So everybody knows, well, it's better to call them the Russian nesting dolls. So, right, you have the big one and then you open another one, another one, another one, until you have like the really tiny one at the end. So what Michael explained is that right now, well, let's say in those few days, but still this, this potential greatness for us is still there. We're all the biggest doll, right? We're all are in our greatest potential. We have the ability, at least in this next week, to, to draw the energy that not for who we are right now, but for the person that we're going to become in the coming year. Right. So we're downloading, like David said, in a way we're asleep. Our soul has it feels like we're awake and we're alive and we're talking and we're animated. But on some level, there is a um, um, a sleep uh, induced sleep that we're in right now so that we can disconnect from any anything that doesn't serve us and download that renewed vessel, that biggest nesting doll. But the tendency is as time goes on to settle, to revert to smaller dolls, smaller versions of us, settling, compromising, um, giving into the instant gratification, giving into the why bother, I'm just gonna settle, it's not gonna work anyway, I know that I should hold out for this, but it's so much easier to get that, or I know I shouldn't, all the, the shoulds and the shouldn'ts take over and suddenly we find ourselves and we're the, the tiniest little doll, right? Which has, you know, no coincidence, it has the least capacity, right? It's the smallest vessel of all of those dolls. So it's really in this time, and that's one of the reasons we, we chose this topic. And by the way, if you wanna hear more about this time period, you can also go back to the previous years that we've, you know, count like 52 episodes backwards. You'll see even in the, in the topics, they're very similar. I think last year we were focusing on setting goals, evaluation, um, the previous, um, the previous uh, year, I think we were talking about forgiving ourselves, forgiving others. We were really focused on and releasing and making space for so much more. I think that's one of the big messages I took away from last week is that we are capable of so much more than we realize. And the reason we forget it, we allow ourselves, we, we give ourselves those discounts is because of the, the, the feeling bad in the moment and wanting to placate, numb, disconnect, deny, whatever's going on, that, that momentary discomfort. And by the way, we all go through things that are many moments of discomfort. Right? I'm not, I don't want to deny or say that anybody's suffering is better or worse than anyone else. It's really the ability to say, I am not going to give away all that I've been working for, that huge, that largest nesting doll. I want to hold on to that vessel for the coming year. And I don't want to shortchange myself. I don't want to um, give in, give, give away everything I've worked toward. Anything that is valuable in life takes effort, takes hard work. And at a certain point, I think we all have to decide this is worth hard work because in the long run, I will have a greater capacity for joy and fulfillment in all of the, the good things in life that I truly desire, even the physical ones. They're also a side effect of ha maintaining that huge vessel, that huge desire and knowing I, I am capable of all of it. Maybe that means having the right support system. I know somebody was asking, how do we make sure that we hold on to that? You need to surround yourself with the right people, with the right books, with the right consciousness. With, and when I say right, it's not about right or wrong. It's really with the best, right? A person who's training for a marathon doesn't eat ice cream sundaes every night. They, they nourish themselves with what they need, with the vitamins and the nutrition that they need to be their strongest. Spirituality is no different. It's probably harder because we don't have an organ in our body that senses when we're drained of energy. We have a, a digestive system that says, that knows how to signal us when we're hungry or thirsty, but we don't have a spiritual digestive system that tells us that we're empty until we're so depleted that we're, it, it, not that it's too late, but that we're, there's already dire consequences from that from that hunger and starvation all right we got one minute left here and we want to uh summarize for all our listeners that these 10 days 
soul is being recreated. Every thought, word, and action is super sensitive because our soul is in its embryonic state. And pretty much our entire destiny is being created now. Of course, destinies can change. Destinies change when there's darkness. And that's the only time we really have free will to shift up or down in the fulfillment of our destiny. But for now, the majority of what our life will look like is being created during these 10 days. Uh, we, Elisheva and I and one of our senior, senior, senior teachers, Eliyahu Yardani, who is so profound, is going to be, we're going to be together tomorrow, Tuesday, 11 o'clock PST, 11 a.m. 24 hours and 10 minutes from yes, now. And, and, and if you're hearing this later, you can obviously hear the recording on Kabbalah.com. But we, we're going we're gonna to go into a deeper seminar about the energy of these 10 days as well as um, what the final day, the 10th day, will be like. So you can join us. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if it's for community only or for everybody, but, uh, but uh, you'll see it on Kabbalah.com. And uh, there'll be a, a link sent out shortly, especially if you're on our email list. In addition, by the way, that the offer that we spoke about last week, the personal guided meditations, we're offering that all month. Mm -hmm. So you can go to weeklyenergyboost.com and check out the link and the coupon code so that you can have 20% off your personal guided meditation. That's for our listeners only. So take advantage of that while it's there. Even if you schedule it six months out, at least you take advantage of the opportunity. And I have one more annoying plug. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's been a while, but uh, the way I communicate and, and let let, ever, let my close students know about things that are happening as well as send out some moments of inspiration is through a text message app that I have. And if you want to join it, all you have to do is text me, hi, and I'm going to provide the number. It's 310-388-4573. 310-388-4573. Just text me, hi, follow the prompt, and you'll be added to my list. Uh, so I, I will text you. I text about the weekly energy boost. I text about uh, things that Elisha and I are doing. I text one minute bits of consciousness here and there. I'm going to be starting a Kabbalah 3 in two weeks, Global Kabbalah 3, that's going to be focused heavily on relationships and soulmates. I know that's going to be a popular one. I'll text you about that. So just join my text list, and that's another way that we can communicate with you. One last thing. Continue to like, rate, review, and share your your contributions believe it or not help us reach so many more people the more you share the more light in the world the more we get out there the more powerful the teachings are so thank you guys for all that you do for being there for listening continue to write to us and we'll see you next week on the weekly energy boost mm -hmm.